I'm Vanessa Potter, and this is Finding Your Right Mind, a podcast that champions citizen science and investigates the many different ways in which we can improve our own health and well-being, giving us less stressful, more connected and happier lives. Wouldn't that be a nice thing? Welcome back. In this interview today, you're going to hear me talking to Sage from Go Jauntly, which is a walking app. We discuss the differences of how we can walk, whether that's walking alone or with friends or with family. And we also talk about how women are sometimes fearful of being alone, even in a park, let alone out in the countryside. And of course, we saw that at Park Bathe a lot of times. But Go Jointly have multiple ways to help women with this and to help people connect through their online community and perhaps find different ways to walk together. So Go Jointly is a startup that provides tons, I mean loads, of digital maps of walks via their app. There's loads of crossover with what we do at Park Bathe. And it's really interesting to hear how their walkers experience some of the same kind of mind clarity and calming that nature gives our participants on our Park Bathe walk. So you should really check out their app and in particular their Nature Notes feature and something they call the Green Care Code, which is super cool. It's basically a really good way to notice nature, to not just walk past it. Now, many people already do that, but a Green Care Code is just like this mnemonic to stop us from from rushing and maybe forgetting to do that noticing. So Go Jointly also have really cool walks that are for shopping. They have some on street art. They have pub walks. They have food tours. So they have really something for everyone. And of course, loads of family friendly tours, including, of course, a great dinosaur walk in Crystal Palace Park. So enjoy our chat. I'm Sage, a marketing manager at Go Jauntly. I started as an intern and was mapping lots of walks in Essex for Go Jauntly. Ended up taking on a bit more responsibility, social media, newsletter stuff, and then I am now a marketing manager. Fantastic. And uh, you sound quite excited about that. Yes, really, yeah, really excited. I basically get to walk, take photos and do social media for my job. So yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty fun. Were you doing that before this job? Um, I used to work in the travel industry, um, also in marketing, then found this opportunity to go jointly. And is it is it good to be going out doing walks? Is that something that is maybe new for you? Yeah, so I've I've never actually gone out and done walks in like a professional sense. I obviously go out most weekends for walks in the countryside or along the beach. So I really enjoy walking. So when I found the, the role that I could basically go out and map walks for my job, I was like, yeah like need to apply straight away. <laughs> Fantastic. So in terms of Go Jointly, tell me a bit about the structure in the company. Who, who supports it? How does it work? So Go Jointly, we're still considered a startup. We were founded in June 2016. We basically self-funded. We're a very small team. There's three, four of us at the moment. And we basically get our business from working with partners, whether that is a business, a local organisation. We work with quite a lot of councils as well, just basically digitising existing walks, creating new features to promote active travel, leisure walking and nature connection as well. 
And I noticed that, not surprisingly, uh, go jauntily, have a walk that goes through Crystal Palace Park. Good for yes. you guys. Um, and of course, it goes through our beautiful Great North Woods. And mm -hmm. in fact, I was tracking this walk and I realized you've got our route. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we own it. So there's a really beautiful uh, secret hidden trail through the woods, which is off the main walk the main path in Crystal Palace mm -hmm. Park up past Sydenham Gate and you've got the same bit and um, I was wondering who found that how did you know about it and, you know how did it get on to be onto onto this trail this walk that you guys have done because it's a great little section of the park well thank you so uh, the Great Northwood walks we've got quite a few in the app they are actually part of a partnership that we have with London Wildlife Trust. And so we basically worked with them and teamed up and created some forest bathing walking trails. And um, we're also based in London. Many of our, our uh, my colleagues and myself are based in London, Southeast specifically. And um, so we all know the area and also London Wildlife Trust helped us a lot with planning the routes and, and where they wanted us to go through these walks to make it and the most sort of tranquil walks that it could be. That's great. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of how you find these walks, obviously you've got some partners that will advise with yep. specialised knowledge, but what about the other ones? Is it word of mouth? Do you do research? How do you find them? So every every walk is, is different. So obviously, as I mentioned before, the, the partners that we work with, some of them already have existing PDFs that might have been around for 10 years for example and they basically want us to update those and digitize those so we would then go out on on the footpaths map those if and see if their instructions are still still relevant if there's any closures and we'll do that we also create a lot of walks ourselves so we'll research online we'll word of mouth yeah talking to our friends if someone says oh there's a, a beautiful walk in forest hill it's a little bit off off the beaten track we'll we'll go map that also, yeah, I suppose a lot of the research, we try and find like local landmarks. Um, we might find like a nice little cafe that's got some interesting history. So that's, we kind of take a lot of different things and then put them together and create the walks. And then we also, because we're community-based, a lot of our users can then go and create their own walks. So if someone in, for example, Scotland, in the Highlands, they have a lovely walk that they want to want to map, they can. Obviously, we can't go everywhere in the UK, so it's really helpful when our community creates the walks as well, and then we can share share those walks on our socials as well. And how does someone map a walk? Talk us through that process. So basically, they have to download the app on Android or iOS, and it simply just click create a walk, and then you have the option to add photos or text steps. So the text steps are really handy if they've got some information um, about the history of the area or if they need to put some public transport information in. The photos are really helpful for, say, example, you've got um, a section of paths and it's not particularly clear which path that you need to take. It's really, really helpful if we take photos of those. They simply add as many steps in as they want, click publish, and then we get notified and then we just edit and fact check and that sort of stuff. And then it's live for the, for the rest of the community to, to walk and enjoy. I went on a walk yesterday um, in Ainsford, E-Y-N-S-F-O-R-D. Yeah, I love Ainsford, lovely. So you may know the walk, it goes up past the uh, visitor centre and oh, through big open fields, you probably even know it. Yeah. 
so that was lovely and 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 actually we um we have a book uh, we've got several books actually of walks in kent and surrey and in our surrounding uh, counties because we go off we go off and do walks and we're, it's a bit of a bugbear with us that sometimes the instructions are really deceptive. And I think this is written by people yes. who, you know, they go walking. And in fact, we went the wrong way because just, just the wording was really, and actually I was kind of mumbling and grumbling under my breath going, they could have just put the road name. <laughs> <laughs> Spennyford Road, turn right. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what we do. So we, we ensure that the text steps and the photo steps, they can also have text on them. We we ensure that we're very clear. We want it to be as simple as possible. So if we need someone to turn right, we'll just say turn right and follow XYZ road. Um, if there's a crossing, we'll tell people to take that crossing. If there's a, um, a sort of a hidden footpath, we'll try and take a photo of that to like discover that. And we might then mention, oh, in the winter, it could be overgrown and a little bit hidden. Um, and then also in the app, as well as the text steps and the photo steps, you've also got like a pinpoint on the map. So if, if the photos and the text aren't making sense to you, you can then look at the map view and then see, right, this is where I am. And this is where it's telling me I need to go. And you can then just follow it that way. Yeah, we often will revert to maps because sometimes yeah. it's deceptive. And you're absolutely right about the seasonal change. Um, mm -hmm. we've, we've done walks and there's a really lovely one that we do um, near Churchill's house. Um, oh, really, yeah. really beautiful. But it, the bush next to the sign has got really overgrown. And so we were going up and down and up and down. And it was one of the kids who was with us who kind of started beating at this bush and we realized that the sign was completely overgrown and buried and we're like aha and that would yeah. have been a really good call to have known but um yeah that's great. why we um, that's why we go out and map existing routes because sometimes it will say um there's a signpost here and the signpost might have been turned around knocked over completely completely removed so that's sort of why we try and go out and map existing pdf walks just so we can make sure. We also have community feedback. So if someone's on one of our walks and notices something like that, they can let us know and then we can update the the descriptions just to say, oh, beware, like the, the sign has fallen down and is not facing the right way. So that's great that there's a, a walking community out there. So who's walking? Who Who is doing these walks? So we have a range of people doing the walks. We've got walks on the app for everyone. In the app, you can filter based on your needs. So for example, if you're a dog walker, you can filter walks that are dog friendly. If you are in a wheelchair or possibly have small children, you can filter by that. So we'll display walks that are on flat paths. There's no steps. Um, we also have public transport. So if those who well, we actively encourage people to try not to drive to, to the walks and um, we have public transport information as well as public loos as well. We always try and make sure that we highlight where, where the nearest toilets are or refreshments, that kind of thing. But we've definitely noticed that walking and spending time in nature, people in deprived areas and underserved communities, they have less access to gardens and other green spaces. So we try to incorporate as many different walk types as we can on the app so even if it is just a walk around your like a local green space for example I've got a, a small park at the very bottom of my road we're surrounded by houses a lot of us don't have gardens so that area is our green space is our garden so we'll try and create walks and the community try and create walks that might just cover some nice little green spaces not necessarily huge parks or fields 
and and that's really important to be able to i think to encourage a diverse community to walk yes. to offer that filtering system because again um we've come a cropper with things like that particularly when we had very very small children um perhaps we've got them in papooses because you can't really walk with a pram it's it is very difficult going anywhere rural with a pram um, yeah. we did need to know you know physically if that was going to be possible if that would be problematic so it's really useful so have you noticed more people walking then since the old pandemic lockdown weird yes that we've so, had the last two years <laughs> yeah so actually our female users during lockdown increased by 400 percent um so we had a huge uptake of female users um using the app during lockdown we've also been featured in the app store few times we've won a few awards and we've been featured in the guardian and vogue so we found that a lot more people are joining the community and are walking more and what about men yeah we yeah we have men men walking as well the majority of our users are female but we also have have a large male male audience as well our audience tend to be city dwellers as well so it's city dwellers who enjoy spending time in nature obviously we have people from all over but we've our biggest audience is, is London and the bigger cities. That's interesting. So so that does feed into this next question. Who, who isn't walking? Who isn't using your app? Who isn't walking that you know about? So obviously I, I touched on it earlier, sort of people from deprived areas and underserved communities. It's just trying to find the right walks and routes for them. We're just trying to figure out the best way of open to everyone. Obviously our app's free to use. Um, it's we do have a premium subscription, but the large majority of our walks are free for people to access. We didn't want to create more barriers to walking. We know that people obviously in deprived areas who don't actually have that much access to nature aren't that confident in, in going for walks. So we try and create these smaller walks to help people build up their confidence or their fitness to then go out walking on some of our longer walks or, or maybe a bit more rural walks. Yes, because I think there are some barriers um, to particularly going out into the countryside, whether yeah. it be cultural barriers uh, or whether it's biophobia, you know, people being actually quite frightened of open spaces, frightened of nature, frightened of being lost, the isolation. Yeah. So have you noticed that? Obviously, with, with our app, we we can have lots of different walks. So people can, before they set off, they can actually scroll through the whole walk themselves so they can see sort of whether it's going along a, a footpath that's maybe a bit secluded. Uh, for example, like a, a solo woman might feel a bit worried about going under a, a footpath or, or down an alleyway. So we have the option before you set out, you can actually look through all the walks and decide whether it's you're comfortable enough and obviously the pictures help massively with that because you can then see sort of what the lighting is like if it's going to be overgrown if it's secluded are there other people around and it's also really helpful obviously for those with accessibility needs because then they can see even if it does say it's an accessible walk they can then determine on what type of wheelchair they have or what type of needs they have whether that route is is possible for them this is this is a slightly uh, curveball question but um yeah this is more perhaps more personal as well um in your experience of, of being involved with this but also from your experience of walking anyway in what surprising ways do you think that nature can help us start to figure ourselves out a bit more how you know i'm not talking about just about the the physical benefits but just in terms of like understanding ourselves and our senses a bit more i suppose for me 
walking's definitely especially with go journey i've had to go out and map a lot of walks solo by myself which is fine i do i do walk by myself but if i'm going on a, a rural countryside walk i tend to go with my fiance um just because it's something to do at the weekend um but it's definitely built confidence i feel like walking in rural areas if you're maybe from the city helps you yeah helps you build up your confidence a little bit more and it helps you especially when you're by yourself walking you do you're not chatting to someone you're, you're actually spending time noticing where you're going so you're looking at the trees you're looking at the footpath you're potentially smelling new flowers that you've, that you've not smelled before you're you're maybe if you take your headphones out you're listening to the birds so I, I try when I definitely walk by myself I I try and notice with all my senses all the different things in the nature that, that you can and it, it helps massively with with my mental health like going outside for a walk and and just being in nature I definitely notice even just 20 minutes a day just looking at the trees or outside in the fresh air definitely helps and we know of course that the research supports that yes <laughs> yeah so so you've touched upon a few kind of uh, forest bathing exercises there mm-hmm. using the senses the smell and the hearing and the seeing obviously so do you have any forest bathing instructions do you have anything that's kind of slightly more structured in that way in your walks so obviously for the the great north woods walks with the wildlife trust they are set forest bathing walks so within that we we do have sort of information on oh look at the trees can you can you tell the difference in autumn and spring between the leaves um we we try to do that in a lot of our walks actually especially our our nature-led walks we try and encourage people to interact with their surroundings instead of just walking through and we try and just get them to just spend some time take a breath and we've had people go on walks before and they've not not thought about anything else apart from the walks and what they've seen through the whole walk and they've they've not stressed about work or bills that kind of stuff they've literally just enjoyed the nature and, and sort of the mindfulness side of, of walking and forest bathing because it's quite key I think sometimes like you say you know take the headphones out we sometimes need instructions yeah. don't we to prompt us because yes. the habit of being busy and even you know with the sort of shopping lists and the to-do lists and the the worries that might accompany us accompany us out the door can still stay mm-hmm. on the walks because I've been on walks where I've been ruminating and worrying for a while and yeah. you have to kind of jolt yourself out of it and then go yeah. no 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 and actually nature's quite good at jolting isn't it, it yeah. It's quite, you know, quite often you'll come across, you'll turn a corner. I found on a field, and there'll be a breathtaking scene, and wow, and it, and it does bring you out of your head and into your yeah. body. Um, yeah, it does definitely. But I think having exercises and prompts, yeah, will facilitate that. Yeah, so we actually on the app have a nature notes feature. It's basically a journal on our app that that prompts people to take note of nature. So that could be, for example, uh, if you're on a walk and then there's a breathtaking view, you can snap a p- photo, bring it up in the app and then just type, oh, the, the sky was a beautiful colour. This is what I could see. And and it actually encourages you to to stop and make note of it. And the, the actual act of writing it down makes you then think about it more. Yeah, I've got two thoughts with that. One, of course, we're driving them back to their phones again. <laughs> it's this dichotomy, isn't it, with technology helping us and getting us out into nature to take us away from technology but then utilizing Mm -hmm. technology to navigate and even to to note take there's a real 
because of course you go to your phone to go to the note and there's a whatsapp message and and that poof, takes you back into that world again doesn't it so the, the, the thing with the nature notes obviously if someone's already following one of our routes they can literally just exit the walk and and the and the nature notes is there so they wouldn't necessarily have to even ah. think about whatsapp or facebook or instagram that kind of thing so we we obviously use nature sort of ask people in the in the community to use nature notes but but if people prefer they can just have a, a pad and pen and on yeah. their walks they can jot that down some people journal in an in a like a paper diary anyway so we we're just trying to encourage people who don't necessarily think in that way i feel like if you're already writing a diary daily you're you're probably going to be noticing different things in nature so we're just trying to encourage as many different types of people as possible to to notice nature and if they jot it down on their phone or or on their paper like it's both great benefits whether it's on the phone or the paper yeah absolutely and and do people do that do you have a good uptake Yes, yeah, we do have a lot of people using I, I use nature notes every single day as well. So it's it's just nice. Even if it's just laying in bed in the morning, you hear the birds. When I've got a moment, I'll just jot, jot that down what I've heard. And it just just makes me then if it's especially at a different time of day, it makes me then think back to like, oh, the birds were really nice this morning. And then it encourages me the next day to like listen out again, just to see if I can hear the same type of birds or what else I can see and hear. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because that curiosity is then the driver. Yes. Yeah, I think curiosity, sparking curiosity, if we can do that, then we get a lot, a lot back. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and in, in terms of that, um, you, know, you, you touched upon the health inequalities earlier. Um, we've, we've got this movement of green prescribing going on at the moment, mm -hmm. which officially, I, I believe, was brought in by the government in about 2018, but has been going on for many 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 years before that kind of unofficially um how's go jointly involved with a with the green prescribing movement and and what and how does that how are you involved with that what what do you do we've created the world's first engaging smartphone green prescription um so brings together walking well-being and enhancing nature con connectiveness so we basically teamed up with the nature connected research group at the University of Derby to create the research app which then measures the impact of noticing urban nature on mental health. Um, during this research we found that the app can bring significant improvements in mental health so we've now integrated this research feature into our nature notes which I spoke about earlier and that's obviously our nature notes feature isn't just the journal it is driven by research that shows that having a green prescription and noticing nature does have a clinically significant improvement on your mental health so so that's really exciting so so what data have you seen that supports this it, it was all from sort of certain users that that we found so we we obviously measured about i think there was questions for example if they spent i think it was a week writing down a note every single day a nature note that it actually equates to about a month's worth of mental health significant improvements so even if you just do one week, you have almost the benefits as, as if you've done it for a whole month. And that's when you say nature notes, that's obviously going out into nature and hearing and seeing and responding. It, to it doesn't even need to doesn't even need to be out in nature. If you, for example, don't have a garden, you don't really ha can't get out to nature all the time. It could literally just be looking out your window and seeing what nature you can see from there. Or if you have to take the kids to school, what, what you could see on your route to take the kids. Okay, so more ambient relationships to nature, which we are tapping into and utilising and then 
I suppose, storing up. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's very encouraging, isn't it? And I think the more that we can do that, um, and, you know, for me, all of this comes back down to our attention, doesn't it? It's the noticing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully we're trying to encourage people to notice a lot more. Um, the last couple of months, we also, we worked with the Mental Health Foundation and the University of Derby, the same group who, who worked with us on Nature Notes, um, to launch the Green Care Code. So it's just sim simply a, a prompt to notice nature. So it's more of a thought process as opposed to an, an object. So the Green Care Code encourages you to notice nature wherever you are. You might not have obviously access to the garden. So we try and get you to encourage it, encourage you to notice the nature from your window, whether you've got plants indoors, you can even just, just notice that. Um, you could watch a nature program, for example, or even just, just read a, a nature writing book. That's all that sort of, adds up to the nature connectedness and, and changing the way you think about nature and connect with nature. And we found that people who connect with nature uh, are then more interested in pro environmental behaviors. So once they start noticing nature and caring for nature, they then become more, more active in actually trying to protect it. Yeah. And this is something that fascinates me. Um, I, I think we often see, conservation and um you know wildlife protection as an as an act as yeah. a set of actions where actually it's a set of emotions and that's exactly mm -hmm. what you're talking about so if they were going to go and do the green care code what would they do so if your um listeners wanted to access the green care code they've just head to the go jointly blog um and there's a blog post called the green care code and it's basically encouraging people to stop look listen and enjoy nature so we introduce a little bit about what actually is the green care code in case people aren't obviously too familiar or haven't heard about it before and then we give them some tips on how they can practice the green care code so obviously we point them towards our nature notes or journaling um we mention maybe they can follow a bee if they find a bee outside um they can join guided nature walks forest bathing walks you can download nature guides from the mental health foundation um the wildlife trusts they run the 30 days wild in June. So we, we direct people to different, different things that they can do. So if someone doesn't want to go on a walk, they could just read a guide about connecting with nature. We've got sort of something for, for everyone in there. And that's useful, particularly for groups and communities that um, have uh, blocks to maybe going out and doing the walks. We, it's nice that you can start so small. And it's yes. and even it's just a cerebral connection. It, it doesn't actually even have to be the physical one. Um, and actually that there are benefits from that. So obviously you, you're aware of what we're doing with Park Bays. We, we've got quite a lot of parallels and crossovers, haven't we? Yes, we have, which is very cool. Yeah, I mean, because obviously we're very much, um, uh, we're very parallel with, with what, you're, what you're doing with the nature connection side in that I think some people have turned up actually at our walks and gone oh well one or two who didn't read it all the way through like we're not going for a hike it's like no yeah. <laughs> so so one of the things that i think is quite a big difference um is that we are not going anywhere go jointly mm -hmm. you're tending to go somewhere we are yeah. we are purely slowing right down mm -hmm. and being in nature with no real agenda other than to see it and connect to it which 
sounds like a really um, subtle difference, but actually is quite a mammoth difference. Because interestingly, when lots of our people who came to the park, our participants, were familiar with the park and walked in it, you know, either to work, commuting, or, or just with their dog or with their kids or whatever. But pretty much none of them had done a forest bathing session and the slow walking. And and this is what I, I'm interested with, what responses you've had from your Go Jauntly walkers. They said it changed their relationship to their park. Now, one guy had been going through the park for 20 years. He said, I have been mm -hmm. in this park, you know, on and off every week for 20 years. And today I look at it completely differently. So, oh, I, I mean, you must have, if you, on maybe on the more forest bathing walks, the ones that are more mindful and slow and about absorbing, have you had anything like that where it's you've had people go, wow, I've been here before, but now I see this differently? So we we do actually, obviously with our forest bathing collection, that that very much encourages people to slow down and connect with nature. But all of our walks do have some aspect of connecting with nature in it. So on whether if we're trying to direct someone from point A to B, we will try and also on that route, encourage them to sit on a bench, take a rest, take in their surroundings, look up, look at the, the light that's coming through the leaves. We, we always try and, and encourage that through all of our walks. So even if it's not a forest bathing or men, like mental health led walk, we always try and encourage nature connectedness in them. Yeah, the look up. I mean, it's just one instruction. Yeah, that that yeah. should be an instruction for today. For the rest of the day, <laughs> look up. Oh my yep. goodness, you will be surprised at what's up there. <laughs> we have we have a few sensory walks as well that our community have created. So there's quite a few small parks and they've created sensory trails. So it encourages people to, for example, the instruction is go and pick up a leaf and, and feel it. What what sound does it make if you crunch it? What colour is it? What what do you think it will look like during the different seasons? That kind of thing. Yeah. And I love the storytelling that as human beings, it's so natural for us to do that. It's so exciting to um, to invite people to do picking up leaves and twigs and, and let them storytell around it. And the stuff that comes back is just so, um, well, for you, it's kind of nice to listen to, but for them, it can be really um, intuitive and, and revealing. I find nature helps us reveal things that we knew deep down, but we weren't really processing. There's a lot yeah, of that. Definitely. A lot of that happens on our forest bathing walks, <laughs> deep processing stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, we do get a lot of feedback as well from our users saying, um, I've lived in this, yeah, for example, the same as your forest bathing. I've lived in this area for so long. Oh, and I never even knew that this park, this green space existed. So it's, yeah, it's, it's great news like to get community feedback for, for both of us, whether it's they've seen a park completely different or they found just a completely new space to explore yeah it's those secrets i think we love finding a secret don't we yes something, yeah, something we very do. childlike and playful about that um, and actually um i'd like to ask you do you have a dare you have you got a favorite walk are you allowed to have one favorite oh gosh um i suppose i suppose for me personally um, I love walking around Chartwell and Westrum area. I've spent quite a lot of time walking around there. There's so many different routes and trails to take um, through through the towns, also through the, the woodlands, obviously past, past the house. Um, 
and you can go a different way each time and you can come across different wildlife and different people and dog walkers each time um yeah because because I'm actually from Crystal Palace so the Crystal Palace walks are my are my favorite local walks as well to do um because I can walk to Dulwich and I can also walk to Forest Hill and Sydenham but Crystal Palace Park especially the dinosaurs we have a dinosaur trail on the app um it's just a little bit special oh I totally agree and I saw that one and I think again an absolute natural one to do with children um yeah. but it's fun what's really nice and I interviewed the dinosaur group um and one of the things they've seen is yeah kids come along and dinosaurs dinosaurs are cool but actually it's yeah. the dads and the granddads standing with the kids who go I quite like dinosaurs actually <laughs> and that's, they have that's this... the thing we we said we say these these walks are child friendly and they might have for example the dinosaurs or they might have kid friendly activities but actually it is for all the family we we have a secret agent trail um on our app the nettle the nettleum secret agent trail and it's basically advertises a fun walk for seven to 11 year olds and they can walk around their their area and and get the clues and then crack the code but we've actually got loads of feedback from the parents who who've enjoyed it just as much as the kids so i, I feel like having those types of walks as well it, it shouldn't just be limited to children i think if if you're encouraging people to go outside then and they're enjoying an agent trail i think everyone should should be able to enjoy it I think so, and because we have as adults, we do have a bit of a block about allowing yeah. ourselves to have fun and play. And there's a lot of research about um, what a creative resource and a mental health resource play is. And sometimes, again, it's needing those prompts, it's needing the excuse, it's needing a walk called Secret Agent Walk, yeah. you know, to, to start it off with a playful, you know, agenda. And yeah, again, when we've done playful, uh, simple, creative, but playful exercises. There's an initial kind of, really? You're going to mm. get me to stick leaves to a piece of sticky tape? Really? But then they love it. And there's this yeah. wonderful sort of opening, there's this opening that happens and smiles and yeah, there's this sort of gentle playfulness that starts to creep out. And interestingly, and you must have this feedback as well, I'm interested to hear, we get feedback from people after they've come to us and you mentioned a little bit earlier the the effects last that's one of the most mm -hmm. powerful things i think about this one lady she emailed us she said it was eight hours since i've been on the walk and i still i'm still floating do you get oh, feedback wow. like afterwards as well yeah so um people can leave reviews or they can just email us in or or connect with us on social media and we had obviously people doing the the secret agent trail being like are you going to make some more like are there going to be more secret agent trails that kind of things um and people messaging in just saying how much that they've loved a walk and how much they felt that it helped them connect with their local area um we've had people who've moved to new areas and, and they didn't know know anyone didn't know where they could walk um so just by accessing one of our walks on the app they felt more connected to that space so it's, yeah it's really good feedback to hear that's great and actually i'm thinking also for people who are new to areas it might be quite a nice way to meet up with other families do you have a facility where people can meet and go on walks like and also maybe women solo women would rather walk with another woman is that an opportunity we haven't yet it is definitely an opportunity we um do team up with the tranquil city app um occasionally to run 
some guided walks. So a couple of big weeks back, we worked with them at the Croydon Climate Action event and we ran um, a park walk around one of Croydon's parks. Um, and that there was quite a lot of solo people there who who just moved to the area. I didn't really know anyone. And yeah, that was a great chance for people to, to go for a walk, but then also connect with other people and, and just socialize as well. But all our, app, um, all our walks are shareable. So if you find a walk, that you want to enjoy you could send to friends and family or or if you're in um, a social group you could just go oh I'm planning on doing this walk on this day like does anyone want to join me and that kind of thing so it's quite quite shareable as well our roads. So maybe our uh, our listeners that are in Crystal Palace if they are walking around the park and doing forest bathing they come up with some brilliant ideas they can share it to you. Yeah yeah definitely like reach out on social media they can email us like there's we always we respond to people, so if anyone's got any good ideas. I'm thinking like escaped food. dinosaurs. I'm thinking Easter egg yeah. hunts. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's also, I mean, Crystal Palace has got so many little hidden, like the maze. There's, there's got to be something yeah. we can invent. All the sculptures as well, yeah. Yeah, so with many. the Sphinx. Yeah, they've escaped to find the Sphinx. I don't know. There's loads that we could think of, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I want to ask, um, and just because this is quite nice to hear, um, have you had any mishaps when you've been doing tracking your walks or any stories or anything that's happened that kind of made you laugh or cringe? Um, mishaps. So obviously I had to go to Essex and map quite a lot of walks. Um, and it so happened that I was with my fiance, luckily, on this walk and the the water had gone out. And I thought, oh, this would be lovely to to go down the seawall, explore a bit closer, see the birds a bit from a bit of a different vantage point. I've jumped down before he's had a chance to, to stop me. And instead of it being firm, solid ground, which I thought it was, it was basically mud and sand. And my walking boot got absolutely sucked in and he's had to like pull me out. <laughs> and my boot has been covered. But I thought if I was by, by myself, I probably would have still been stuck in the mud this is quite an interesting question so we're talking about we're kind of uh, there's a little bit of preaching to the converted sometimes isn't there with walking because you know it's often a community that were already were walking they're now going to different walks but they were already into it do you have uh, um, a kind of an angle where you try and reach to people who wouldn't walk those that just would never consider this um, do you have any approaches where you try and bring in those new audiences so we find that our partner work um, with definitely with councils helps massively with that. Um, we teamed up with Essex County Council um, for a few different projects. There's over 60 Essex walks that we created as part of this project. Um, and that was basically stemmed from their active travel walking strategy. Um, so they've got a huge walking strategy, which is to try and get people to build up their walking, their confidence, and it's for people who don't necessarily walk. So it is just trying to encourage people who who can't walk even 10 minutes just to go outside and just do 10 minutes and, and build up. Um, so we find that working with partners helps with that because then we, we've we already got, or they've already got an audience in mind and then we create walks tailored to that, that type of audience as well. And we find that um, definitely our press out outreach helps massively so we we've been featured in the iNews for for a pub walking feature so it's it's still walking but it's a bit of a different angle so 
we had a section of all our favorite pub walks um, and that was in in the newspaper and online um we were featured on vogue we've been featured in the guardian um recently that was a an article about getting fit in your 40s so it's trying to encourage uh, people over 40 to walk more or, or to to increase their walking if they already do walk so we, we've got lots of different different ways that we we try and connect and, and reach other people as well that's really interesting and uh, you know I, I was um, doing a walk the other day in, around um, South Norwood Lakes and there's mm-hmm. um, and I still don't know if this is a completely crazy idea but there's, there's a, a lot of graffiti there's and there's some really quite beautiful graffiti and yeah. and some of it's com- commissioned and some of it's not some of it's ad hoc but I, the way I look at it, it's still, you know, a creative expression. And I wonder if there's um, a teenage walk which takes in urban areas, maybe with a little bit of a parkland, but sort of visits things that they would actually be interested to see, you know, that hidden art. Sort of. Yeah, so we, we actually, because street art is quite a big, big interest of mine. So we do try and create sort of street art public art type walks so so they're not all nature led walks um we're also creating foodie tours as well around different areas um like shop hopping so we have quite a few around london and and some in different areas if we've visited that you can do sort of secondhand boutique shopping um and again you can search by areas sort of filter by that so you don't have to just do nature like most of our walks do incorporate nature in some way but but our street art walks for example they they do go through some parklands but then they are are more focused on the art art of those areas so we've got one in Herne Hill um, we've got one in Bristol as well because it's a big street art scene in Bristol um, have a big southeast London trail um, street art trail as well I'm glad you've got one in Bristol. I think Banksy would be very upset otherwise. Yeah, it's a it's a huge, huge Bristol uh, street art. But obviously, we have to keep up to date on that. So it's a lot of revisiting those yeah. as well. And, and the community feedback as well is really important for that. Because if someone messages us and, and says, this has been replaced, we can go there or, or get someone to send us a photo and, and then we can update it. So it's always shifting and changing as well. I'm glad to hear that because I think, um, you know, having a different angle, calling it a street art walk mm-hmm. is going to be much more enticing to teenagers and, and young people than saying a nature walk. But then while you're there, you know, it, there's yes. this sort of it, it's a it, it's sort of um, we've got you. <laughs> you're going to walk yeah. with some trees. <laughs> we might just take yeah, there's, there is the a lot of um, while you're on the street art, there is a park that you can go sit and enjoy a picnic or, or we try and especially if there's a lot of street art we maybe try and find our favorites that are maybe incorporated into nature sustainability of the environment um so obviously bristol there was tons but while my colleague was walking he found a greta thunberg um street art piece so we included that and that did really well on our social media it really connected with people so even if it isn't a picture of a tree or or a or an or the ocean or the countryside there's still an element of nature there whether it's in a street art piece or or a signpost that we've seen that's made carved from an old tree and that kind of thing yeah because you know our relationship and we've got to respect that everyone has a different relationship with nature and it it, you know 
um, even if it's ambient, even if you're walking through the woods to get to the piece of street art, um, you get mm -hmm. all the benefits from being in that natural environment. So yeah. it's um, it's win-win all round, really. So that's really yeah, um, that's encouraging. Yeah, it definitely. Um, I suppose if you're not interested in nature and you do an art walk, you a lot of our walks are can be quite long. So you actually are spending the the prescribed twenty minutes a day outside, not even realizing it, and doing it easily. And you're in nature and you then get the benefits as well as learning a little bit as well. Yeah, we get you. We get you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by stealth. Nature by stealth. That's what that's yeah. called. <laughs> um, fantastic. Um, thank you, Sage. I, I would just like to ask you, um, I've asked you about your favourite walk, but do you have like a favourite tree or a favourite childhood spot that's a natural environment? So many people... Often, I say um, childhood now because so many people go swooping back to childhood for this this question. Yeah, so it actually has to be the, the seaside, like the ocean. Um, I grew up in Essex, actually, so I find that if I'm near the sea, it doesn't even have to be Essex, it could be anywhere, just near the sea where I can hear running water and get the, the sea air, I, I just find it so relaxing. I just really enjoy sort of being in that in that part of nature. Yeah, and there's something about sea air. It's so specific, isn't it? With a slightly stickiness, that salty sort of abrasiveness almost. In fact, even just talking about it, I can feel it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just especially now living um, in London, going back either to Essex or going anywhere sort of by the seaside, it just, the fresh air, it just it feels so different to being in the city or to being in a woodland, which is which is lovely as well. But for me, the the ocean definitely relaxes me the most the ocean calls you yeah definitely fantastic well, look, I, think I really hope you enjoyed that conversation and actually got something useful out of it it is really packed full of information so go check out go jointly go download it on your phone that's the whole idea it's free to use as always, I hope you've enjoyed this interview and you'll connect with us on social media. And yes, please do leave us a review and we will see you next time. Bye for now.